0: Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, And brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's always how we open a show. Stop Best. the dying. Is there any better way? Really? Well, I mean, i I, it's a great Buddy Arnold that used to always say on his birthday, you know, beats the alternative because people don't want to get older. And Buddy would say, well, beats the alternative. Yeah, (laughs) very true. So we don't want the kids to die from fentanyl. But we also don't want our, you know, our me and Mike's peers are dropping like flies, too, from cancer and fucking uh, just crazy shit, you know. Don't die. That's a whole key thing to life. You yeah. know what?
1: It, it's also really catching up with the guys that I know that just kept heavy drinking.
0: Oh, you yeah. Know, they the, get the liver problems. Oh, man.
1: It, it's just like even even the ones that aren't like what you would consider problematic, just regular guys after like 30, 30 years of doing it, it uh it catches up. And I'm watching that that happen, the, the heart attacks. And like you're saying, things just Given up.
0: Well, we have a cultural, you know, it's like, it's like fam- familial and it's cultural, but Americans in general don't like to talk about death. They don't like to think about it. They don't like to talk mm-hmm. about it. And I've just been around death my whole entire life because my family was in the nursing home business. And so people were dying every day when I was a kid, the morgue was coming. I remember the, the difference between <laughs> the ambulance coming it used to be this cool ambulance company that had glass sides on the ambulance. I forget the name of the company. And, um, or there was this other van thing that came and that the van thing meant somebody died. Cause you I mean- would go, cause I would walk in Culver city. I'm going to tell our Culver Cityans and Marvistans. So I lived uh, for like three years in, in Culver city. And I went to St. Augustine's, Catholic school on Washington Boulevard um, and over and near Overland. And I would walk after school. This is back when kids used to walk home from school. Chuck, do you remember that? Yes. They walked. They actually allowed their child's to to walk through all the pedophiles waiting, waiting to grab them and <laughs> grab
1: them in the bushes. Like the penguins going to feed. A yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Shark Island. I mean, just, we live in such a fear-engulfed society. <laughs> so we would, you know, I'd get out of school and I'd walk down Washington Boulevard. And all the other kids did too. They all walked to their houses. Everybody walked home from school. Because in no. Catholic school, you weren't allowed to bring a bicycle. Huh. Public schools back then in the 70s, Mike, I bet you rode your bike to school when you were a kid. I hit hitchhike. <laughs> yeah. what, so what, you- Mike was just like Tom Waits when he was eight years old. <laughs>
1: I was thinking more, you know, Tom Sawyer.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but but we would walk and I would walk to the nursing home cuz my mom was the accountant at it. So I would walk there and just hang out after school at this nursing home on Overland and Palm. It is still there, Westover Sanitarium. And I would just hang out and then when I got to be like 8 or 9 or 10 I would call bingo or I would like read to the people or whatever. I would just be do these helpful things around the nursing home. So I was around death Like I remember people dying when I was like eight years old and I, you know, Chrissy has, my wife has never known anyone who's died.
1: That's crazy. I mean,
0: that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so this fentanyl thing that came sweeping across America that me and Dr. Drew were warning everybody about first Oxycontin and, uh, and then fentanyl I mean, this is like a tsunami of death on a, on a country that doesn't really talk like talking about death. And so that's why I like calling it Don't Die and I talk about death. And, uh, you know, people ask me why I live the way I do because you could die tomorrow. I've yeah, but if we don't talk about life? it, it won't happen, Bob. If we I just know. close well, our eyes, yeah, it'll yeah, go yeah. away. <laughs> Duh. Well, it's just that... I think that every time somebody you know dies, it reminds you of your own mortality. And so then mm-hmm. that makes people not want to think about it. But, yeah, um, you know, that's funny. That That's right on
1: something I wanted to ask you. I know you don't do a lot of assessments, but I've been doing a lot of assessments lately, like sometimes four a day because we've been, we're building back up our, our clientele base. We got really small and now we're building back up. And I am noticing a trend of doing, um, smoking one gram of fentanyl per day and a half a gram of methamphetamine.
0: I that'll mean, that'll like, keep me alive. That'll keep I'm me just, alive. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, those numbers sound pretty good to stay alive.
1: Well, they're coming into treatment. We're not, you know, we're not toe-tagging them, but this is something, right? <laughs> I, I mean, in the last week, literally, uh, probably 10 or more that are no, no benzos, a gram of fentanyl and a half gram of meth, and nobody's shooting any of it. They're they're smoking all of it.
0: Well, I, you know, that's what I was saying five, six, seven, eight years ago is the kids don't use stimulants. I'm I'm glad to see that meth is back. It's probably responsible. <laughs> it's probably responsible for some of the the kids being alive. I swear to God. You know, our good friend. Uh, that we talk about from time to time, the bass player, Florence Monster, and Pornhub Papyrus, all this. time said a funny thing, I don't know, 25 years ago. He said if it wasn't for crack, he wouldn't have had to get sober. And yeah. my counter to that was if it wasn't for crack, we'd be dead. <laughs> both, both true. <laughs> both, both things can be true at those times. It is
2: true. I was doing fine just as a heroin addict until crack came around.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just but brought you can, me to
2: my knees.
0: <laughs> you can die from heroin. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, people can too. use
2: also. People can just be opium addicts or op- like opium smokers in China. All well, these see, guys, they lived to hundred. You know, they lived a hundred, hundred smoking opium every day. You know, but smoking opium's not heroin. But very you know different. what I'm talking about. It's not right. going to kill you. It's but you know you start putting other shit. See, in o-
1: opium is I, I think is that's that's a way more mellow form. It's a way pure, way more mellow form. But the exactly what you said right there was that used to be the thinking. the The people that liked opiates didn't like the people that liked meth. They didn't want anything to do with the tweakers or anybody that messed with that. But like in the last. In the last like, year, and especially the last couple months, it just seems like it's like when punk rock and metal mixed. You know, for a while, it was opposite teams, and, and they hated each other, and then, then this became this crossover thing, and I didn't like Motorhead. the crossover
0: either. Motorhead was the band that bridged that. They're well, the but, ones that yeah, brought, in,
2: yeah, that brought the meth in. Yep. And, and so it's just like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, Motorhead. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> motorhead is the band that bridged punk rock and metal, and <laughs> Motorhead is the, bra- the band that brought meth back to make <laughs> it cool again. Well, totally. Isn't that what Motorhead <laughs>
1: means? It means meth addict. <laughs> I, I thought that a Motorhead was a term uh, for someone who's on meth.
0: I heard that Lemmy just got up in the morning and put uh, meth in his coffee. I would not
1: be surprised. Um, that's probably a good way to do it. See.
0: <laughs> For your tummy? Doesn't hurt yeah. your tummy?
1: Well, you know, a little bit of milk, and <laughs> a little bit of uh, whiskey in your milk doesn't hurt. Well, I
0: mean, that not? was the greatest thing. There was Big Joe Turner was this guy, this legendary Rock and Roll Hall of Fame guy, but he was still alive when we were me and Mike were in our early 20s. And he would play the club lingerie. And yep. he was sitting there one time, and I was with Brendan Mullen. And I was gonna meet him, like you know, cause he wrote f- shake, rattle, and roll and flip, flop, and fly and all this. And so he's sitting there and he was he was ginormous, man. He was a gigantic man. And his, his stomach- wife went his wife went every to every show. With yeah, she was sitting there with him when I had this experience with him. So he was sitting Chuck, what's going yes. on? Oh, so had he was sitting at a table at the lingerie. And he was drinking a tiny little bottle of cod liver oil. And Brendan Mullen asked him, yeah. What's, what is that? What what are you doing there, Joe? And he said, I got to coat my stomach so I can drink a little bit of alcohol. Nice. <laughs> he, got, he coated his stomach with cod liver oil so he Smart could have man. a little bit of alcohol.
2: He was the nicest guy, man. He would sit. You could sit with him at his table and he would talk yeah, yeah. and talk and talk. But was he,
0: but he him, was not
2: I asked him one time, I said, I was at the music machine when I was sitting with him and his wife, and I, uh, you know, I, got, I sat down and, and got his autograph, and he said, just sit down here for a while and talk to me, man, you know, so we sat down, we talked, and I said, how come you do the same set every single time? <laughs> he goes, why change it up? <laughs> yeah. Why? I like give the people the same thing <laughs> every time, that's what they want to hear. He had the and same he, wrote, set. he
0: wrote He wrote Shake, Rattle, and Roll, right? Or no? Yeah,
2: same song, same order. Every year he'd come back, and it was the same thing. <laughs> uh, familiar. And, uh, people love
0: So there were legendary people that were in that, were still alive when me and Mike first, 80, 82, 83, 84. Well, Bob, they were did, still did around. Re, didn't you and, and I go Willie see? Willie Dixon. We played with Willie Dixon.
2: Yeah, and didn't you and I go see uh, uh, the, the dude that sits down no, we, and plays guitar? we we played with board. Johnny
0: Shines who played with Robert Johnson. Yeah. At the Music was it, was Machine it? also. It was a Music Machine also. We played with a guy. How about this? Me and Mike played with a guy who played with Robert Johnson.
2: Yeah, that was crazy. That's I mean, how cool.
0: fucking crazy is that? And so That's these old guys cool. were around. And uh, one of them was Willie Dixon. And, and he was just the coolest. And he had grandkids that had a band. And so as a way of, you know, him being around, we would have him, them open for the sponsor. Cause I just, Willie Dixon's in the house, just dressed all tight. And, and he wrote my favorite blues song. I'm ready, which he wrote a song in 1951. It goes, I'm, I'm smoking TNT. I'm drinking dynamite. I'm hoping some screwballs start a fight because I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> that is about as punk rock as it gets. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you remember at the end he couldn't he couldn't play bass. He had his son playing bass. I think it was or his an, grandson. His grandson, exactly. Yeah, was playing the bass in his band and he was just singing and he would sit in a chair.
0: Yeah, this is the guy, Chuck, who played bass on on Johnny Be Good.
2: Yeah, he was a bass cool. player
0: on, on a little song uh, a back little in song? the fifties called yeah. Johnny Be Good. You ever heard of that? Uh, no, no, no. I forget the guy's name, Chuck Something. Yeah, <laughs> like, He played bass on all the Chess Records things
1: I think it was Chuck Larry or something Yeah, And
0: me and Mike <laughs> knew these people Because yeah. they were still alive In the 80s, it was the coolest thing But what, what I noticed about them And there's another one named Clifton Chenier, he was another guy From New Orleans that I picked up at the airport One time for Brendan And these guys Were lifelong alcoholics Like, lifelong and they had their little tricks of the trade to do to continue having a good time with alcohol.
1: You know, you were talking about Club Lingerie. And I know that there was a guy, I just bought his book, the James Calvin Wilsey. He played guitar with um, Chris Isaac.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you he in the know? the Avengers? Him? Was he in the yeah, Avengers? Yeah, he was in the
1: Avengers.
0: He and stayed at my house the first time they played in L.A.
1: And he died homeless, from what I understand. I haven't read the book yet.
0: Yeah, so he, so Chris Isaac was the brother of my roommate, Jeff Isaac, who was a great artist. And the first time, it wasn't called Jeff Isaac, they had a band, the band was called Silvertone, after the J.C. Penny guitar amp and, and guitar. Okay. They, they had a band called Silvertone, and it was Jimmy from the Avengers, Chris Isaac, right, this, this drummer who wore like a, a, a tiki neck sing around it and they played like I don't know rockabilly and kind of weird stuff and then and then that was probably in eighty two and then all of a sudden in 80, 90 or eighty nine Jeff Isaacs the sexy guy walking down the beach with with Naomi Campbell. It's
1: like crazy. Chris yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I know I just I, I I was reading I forget where I was I was reading something and reading about these these side men that helped make sounds that that you know propelled people, and this guy apparently had you know that slow lead in uh, echo, wicked game, yeah, echo,
0: yeah, and echo-y. just
1: you know style for days, and um and I just uh, man, I want to investigate this guy because it's like you know he played on multi million selling albums and died homeless, and yeah, you know
0: what you get, you know what you get paid for playing on multi million selling uh, 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 albums, five hundred and sixty dollars for a session. That's what you get paid. I mean, the music business, you just got to, they should just take the music. I think streaming is doing it. You got to take the music business and just turn it upside down and just fill all the change out of everybody's pockets. It's just (laughs) so, so wrong. It's just the whole thing about signing a record deal. So when you sign a record deal and no lawyers informed me and Mike of this, Mike signed two record deals. I signed three, I think. They're a total ripoff. Here's the record deal as classically known. We're going to, we choose you, you know, out of the millions of fucking people that want a record deal. We choose you. You're lucky to have this. We're going to loan you $400,000. You're going to make a record that we want you to make. If we don't approve of what you do with this $400,000, you're fucked. And you owe us the $400,000 back. And guess what? A CD sells for $13. We get five, you get one. The retailers get the rest. We get five, you get one, and you pay us the $400,000 back out of your $1. That's a record deal. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Does that sound fair to you? And No. you feel lucky that they blessed you with this. It's crazy. The music business.
2: And it's crazy that a guy. That's why we always had to go for like, if they were offering any kind of advance or anything like that, they actually used to give us advances, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. And they knew it was going to drugs for sure too. But, and also they would also negotiate over these things called points. And I never understood what a fucking point was because I never saw a point. So I said, yeah, fucking take those points. I don't care. Take them all. Cause you know, <laughs> whatever, if you give Mike me a,
0: always. Yeah.
2: If you give me uh, more money up front, then I'll, you know, because you had to just get as much money as you could from the advance and whatever equipment you could get and whatever, you know. It's
0: astonishing that that's that's still the way it is, really. And, you know, everybody going into this system should know, yeah, you can be the most amazing guitar player that creates that far away, distant, melancholy sound that is Chris Isaac, and you're going to make $560. That's fucked up. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I, I can imagine that's why our good friend, the greatest keyboard player in the world used to stack up three sessions a day and he got double scale. So he gets a thousand bucks a session. They make $3,000 in a day. And you know, a lot of those records were like Lone justice or Thelonious or Bob Forrest and didn't sell anything, but Some of them are some of the most legendary songs of the last 30 years. And a studio musician, a musician who plays bass or drums or keyboards or guitar on a song gets $560 a session. If you get double scale, you got to be really famous to get double scale, like $1,000 a session. But it's actually calculated in three-hour increments. Yeah, three hours for three hours. So get this. The other person that I was thinking of. So we went and saw the Elvis movie. There's no, not hours. a huh? Is it four hours or three hours? It's three and a half, three hours and twenty minutes. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. But anyways, there's James Burton is in just a little bit of it. But James Burton used to hang out at the Cafe de Grant. Craziest thing. He played with, I don't know, he remember Billy Bremner? Remember that guy, Mike? Sure, yeah, he was good. He, there was a guy that was in Rockpile, and then he just hung out at the cafe. He's the one that referred to snorting a little little spoon of Coke instead of put a line out. He called it a bip. Would you like a bip, booby? Would you like <laughs> Would you a like bip? A bit? No, bip? I'd like Would many like? bips. No, I'd like a long line of bips. <laughs> bips don't help me. Bips, yeah.
1: bips? What a gentleman. <laughs>
0: bips, What's
1: the point of bips? <laughs> he just wants a little bit. He just wants to take, He just wants to smell it. He doesn't really want that.
0: Same thing as other English people put it in with pot. Yeah. Like, I don't want pot. I want coke. Don't put it in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> then it's like it, a bit, a bit it on it your. English. They called it in English. I oh. think they put I think I think Joe Summer would do it. You put tobacco, a little bit of tobacco, a little bit of pot, and just sprinkle it with cocaine and then roll it up and smoke it. Like, what is the point of that? Like oh, just yeah, keep the mix, cocaine yeah. separate.
2: We're American. We don't eat with chopsticks. We eat with <laughs> giant shovels, man. So yeah. <laughs> the way we so, consume shit. They do
0: Somehow, little tea.
1: We get 32-ounce big guts. Yeah, exactly. Somehow
0: Billy Bremner's in this legendary band Rock Pile with Nick Lowe, and they, okay. they and Dave the, Edmonds, right? And Dave Edmonds and and they did that song, What's So Funny About Peace, Love and Understanding, one of the greatest songs ever. And he ends up just hanging out in Hollywood like, I don't know, but he was a studio musician who didn't write songs, right? He was friends with James Burton. And that's why James Burton, Elvis Presley's taking care of business, guitar player, um, uh, ended up at the cafe. Now, everybody was Elvis Presley crazy, and he had a TCB ring, right? He let everybody, we'd get drunk and do coke mm. after hours, and he'd let you put the TCB ring on or play his, <laughs> play his guitar. That Did it have the diamonds Elvis. or just the lightning bolt? Diamonds with a lightning bolt and TCB. Nice. Hold on, fucking wow. Elvis, tipping his guitar player. So get this. I'm the only so I get to know him. We're doing coke, we're bipping, we're bipping, we're bipping away. We're bipping hey. away. And I, hey, how about a bit? Hey? And I'm the I and I said, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I certainly love Elvis Presley and all that, but that's not why I'm so, you know, amazed that I got to meet you. And he said, What? And I said, You play guitar on Grievous Angel. And he's like, Yeah, with Graham. He played on Graham Parson's Grievous Angel, Elvis Presley's Hmm. guitar player, James Burton. And Hmm. that immediately endeared me to him that I knew something other than Elvis Presley. Like, even (laughs) Don Bowles was, like, drooling all over James Burton, (laughs) like the guy from Elvis Presley's band, right? (laughs) And these are all people we met when we were kids. And I think about nowadays, like, what is it that kids are... what? What lineage and legendary shit are my kids introduced to? Nothing. So Elvis was standing at the LA show of the Chili Peppers and, um, and Brad Pitt was right there. And, and then we were back, we were back in the catering and, and, um, and Elvis said, there's, there's, there's no celebrities here. Like he thought Mr. Beast was going to be there or something. Uh-huh. You know, the, the YouTuber, <laughs> some gamer yeah. Yeah, some gamer guy. <laughs> like the guy at gamers, Coachella. Dad. He was hoping the guy at Coachella would be at the Chili Peppers. And I said, dude, you were standing right next to Brad Pitt. And he goes, who's that? And I realized like kids don't know who Brad Pitt is. Do you know they, what I mean? They don't watch movies either. They don't watch me. What is the future going to hold? Like they don't listen to. There's no. There's no reverence for Led Zeppelin or the Rolling Stones. People don't even know. The, my kid, my Elvis and his friends, and a little older. They don't even know who the Rolling Stones are. I mean, they know, but they don't know. You know what I mean? Like I, they, I
2: know you can mention the pretenders or any of these bands that and they won't they'll go like what? Pretenders? But there's new Evo. multi
0: there's new bands that translate across Iggy Pop as as time wears on, he becomes more and more iconic. I know. Like like <laughs> that <amazes> Everybody me. <laughs> loves Iggy Pop. That Is it because My it's kids like know, the only one think, left? <laughs> no, I think they like the name. I think the yeah. name is really key. Like, like, Elvis is wearing an Iggy Pop shirt and he knows who Iggy Pop is, but he doesn't know who Bruce Springsteen is. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. Right. Like, so is everything morphing and changing? And these weird, like, like kind of underground heroes are going to become icons? Like, Iggy Pop, I would say Iggy Pop is more famous to young people. I don't know why, but, but Iggy Pop um uh madonna they know of i'm trying to think of what my kids oh tupac everybody knows who tupac is why is yeah, that
2: that's I, I have no idea well because there's movies and stuff on netflix about him and shit. that's why
0: yeah but i don't think they
1: i don't know that they even watch movies net netflix is like mm-hmm. geared at like older people
2: at least when I turn it on, but they're friends and stuff. They they learn from their friends, especially high school kids. Mine. High well, my
0: kids, my kids ask me questions too. Like Elvis asked me, "What era is Pearl Jam from?" And I said, "My era." And he goes, "And to, and to him, like my era is like a long time ago." So he's like, "Are you sure?" Right, your era? And I was like, "A little after my era, maybe." But they've right. been around a long time. And he goes, yeah. oh, oh he's, just, he's just investigating historically where Pearl Jam fits in. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because he knows that chili peppers go way back, right?
2: Because he knows <laughs> I know. You know what it's like, no. Bob? It's, a, it's like when we were young and we used to ask, our parents used to talk about like some sort of 50s yeah, sort of like, yeah. or, or, or Mahalia Maxie Jackson. Kline, and- Mahalia
0: Jackson. So Elvis asked me one time, What's the age difference between me and Paul McCartney? Like, that we're somehow peers. I said, Dude, he's like 20 years older than me. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> oh, well, he he's, aged he's well. Trying, he's, trying to get the, he's trying to get the decades lined up. Yeah, he's really yeah. seeing like Paul McCartney at 80 and Bob at 60. Like, they must have been, they must Same have been shit. rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we, went, we went and saw Paul McCartney. Dude, let me tell you something. That guy is unfucking believable His voice sounds so perfect. Uh, uh, have he's, you seen he's got him? the have songs, too. No, no, uh, I never I have. have. Mick Jagger has the songs, but it doesn't sound like that. You know, it doesn't sound exactly the same. But Paul McCartney... It's just amazing, especially the wing songs. You forget how many great wing songs. Oh there no, are.
1: there's there's a lot of them. Bug found them on, on the YouTube.
2: So and it's really does amazing. Bug, that, you're right, Bob, Bob. It's really amazing do, that he can sing that well still.
0: Yeah, it really is. Do, do does Bug think you and Paul McCartney are about the same age, Chuck? Of course. <laughs> like,
1: What yeah. the fuck is that? And I say, yeah, I used to listen to him when I was little, but I but I did because it was in my house, you know. So he's a little bit older, but we're similar, you know, 55, <laughs> he's 81, same 19 shit.
0: Years older than me. I <laughs> just want that known. <laughs> it all runs together for him, man. But so so, anyways, I think the kids are getting more disciplined with drugs. I don't think that here, here's the mis. Here's the mythology of drug use in America, that somehow some horrible thing happens. And if we can make that public service announcement available to children, they just won't get involved in drugs. That is the most naive, fucking stupid way of thinking. But they are changing the way they use because of all the fentanyl death. That's what I think you're noticing. Right? Yeah. They're, not, they're, they're realizing you can't just be taking benzos and smoking fentanyl. That, that ain't gonna fucking fly. Right. Because that's Xanax- how my friend died. That's how my friend died. But they're yes. not, not doing fentanyl. They're just being more careful is what well yeah someone told
1: someone that this works and no one dies like this you know (laughs) they said, this is guaranteed dude my doctor told me that if you do this and then it went from this guy to that guy to this guy to that guy and so far they're not dying as quick but it used to be the xanax showed up on everybody's thing
0: but here's the shocking thing and this over the last two years for sure and i was talking to to a clinician friend of mine a couple weeks ago about it Suboxone is on the outs. The kids won't touch it. They don't want to be on Suboxone or Subutex. They don't want it. They, they verbalize, I don't want to be on Suboxone upon admission. What is that yeah. about? What you is know, that about?
1: I, I had a guy that just, just uh, titrated off, got down to one milligram a day, and then kicking that last milligram is a son of a bitch. Right. And it's just like, it, dude, I'm dope sick all over again. I want to get high. And you're talking about 90 days into this thing and going with the doctor's recommended dosage of going up to eight and then slowly coming down. And the idea is, you know, usually you want them to. For me, well, well,
0: generally I, I, that's one case. But would you say in general the suboxone experiment has not worked and it's kind of fading away?
1: Yeah, they don't. They don't want to mess with it because a uh, lot of them are are doing. The, I'm allergic to suboxone. I want to do subutex, so they can get high, you know, with it.
0: Um, no, but but let's stop right there. That's uh, Costa Mesa Alana Club. Statement, but let's I explore been there that. In Twenty-five years. Let's, let's explore that a little deeper. You know what I'm trying to say. I believe that that they do plan on getting high because they don't want to be a slave to Suboxone, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to be on it when they're with us for say a month or two, right? But their intention is to switch to heroin and not get strung out on Suboxone. I've had half mm-hmm. a dozen kids tell me that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. But with the so suboxone-, suboxone.
0: So that means Suboxone has a very bad street level reputation and people are avoiding it and they don't want it. Correct? Correct. So,
2: well, we, so- used to, we used to say the same thing about methadone. If you get, yeah, on- but exactly. you can get high on exactly. top of
1: methadone, though. See, the difference we- is the Suboxone has the. Um- Ha, ha, keeps them from a, being able to feel just, the opiate. It has an agonist, right? It has an no, agonist and an antagonist. But the subutex, subutex but I, doesn't.
0: But I oh. don't, But the thing is about being so physically addicted to subutex. Or, say you get on subutex and you don't use dope. You're going to be fucking sick as a dog if you ever try to get off it, if you take it for more than six months or a year. Same thing with suboxone. Same thing with methadone. Being a person who has kicked methadone, a la natural, let me tell Ooh. you something. It's probably 10 of the worst, most miserable days I've ever experienced. But it's 10 days. Suboxone is for fucking a month. Yeah. It, 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 I don't I, know why that is because methadone doesn't have something that attaches to your receptor sites, correct? I, I could, I mean, I and could we're, tell you why. And we're, not science, we're not scientists and we're not right. medical people. I'm just going from personal experience. I know that. I kicked methadone in jail with nothing and on like but day how 11. On, how
2: long were you on methadone like
0: Two years.
1: Like two years. You'd only need to be on it for like three or four months because it's so long acting. That's the thing with it, 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 it its half life is forever. But, well, but
0: but it's not like as, in other words you can't like shoot it,
2: methadone you have to it's synthetic so you so it gets into your bone marrow and it doesn't no, go no it away. doesn't
0: get that's a myth it does not get in your bone okay
2: marrow. so it doesn't it, go away as fast because it's not it
0: lasts seventy two hours but so does Suboxone oh. Suboxone has this other thing that attaches to your receptor sites and blocks it and I think the clearing away of that is a really an extending of the misery and i don't don't talk
2: about the bone marrow myth what is this what now how come i I always thought that because you know it got it pretty much saturated your body that you know it was harder to kick no
0: it just feels like it's in your bones it's mostly it's mostly what is it made that up it's the caking here's the way drew i mean I have so much of the Drew trying to explain things to a <laughs> to a dumb person like me. Oh, uh, yeah, you some, can treat me like that. That's okay. No, no, no. But I'm trying to. I don't want to mix it up. Somehow methadone um, somehow coats your central nervous system. Does that sound familiar, Chuck? It it does something to your central nervous system. It desensitizes you.
1: Oh, yes. Right? It's a numbing agent.
0: Yeah. It's a numbing agent. So your central nervous system. We're right now. We're sober, so we're regulated. Like we we're tolerating a lot of pain right now, especially at my age, Mike's age. We're tolerating a lot of pain, a lot of you know whatever. But if you hadn't experienced pain for two years, like I didn't when I was on methadone, when you remove that methadone and you experience just what it's like to live in this, you know, (laughs) forty-year-old, you know know what I mean? Right. And it coats it somehow. Yeah, it it desensitizes your central nervous system, so you're intolerant of anything,
1: right? Right. So the wind blows and it's uncomfortable on top of everything else. You know, and that's the other. That's that's what happens. You know, we we see that happen when they do come off the suboxone too. All of a sudden, there's. There's bones that didn't heal right that they need to deal with. There's all these problems with their teeth. teeth.
0: Problem, teeth and problems. There's
1: all these problems in their, their back and in their neck from sleeping rough, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, and, and it's
0: called being old and being a junkie. Get yeah, used to
1: it. It's some sucking wow, up. Man, there's, stuff. Still, yeah,
0: right. God, there's still a whole bunch
2: of methadone clinics. Oh,
0: yeah. tons. Oh, of my them. God.
2: Well, I'm yeah. the, up, up there the, the fucking place.
0: What I'm saying, I'm not an advocate for anything, just so you know, but if I had to choose to be kicking methadone or kicking suboxone, I would choose methadone.
1: Right, yes. because there's, there's people that are still, would, would swear, and it's their experience that suboxone and or methadone saved their lives. And then there are other people where it's, it, you well, know, Well, but it's, here's,
0: it's, let's stop right there for one second. I believe methamphetamine saves lives.
2: So, <laughs> so no, I'm not joking. No, I, no I'm I, not I just think joking. It's, but, Bob, no. not in a medical situation. You couldn't get one doctor to agree with you on that one. I mean, in a junkie. A you junkie might, twirl, you yeah. might when it comes to
0: fentanyl. When and, it comes to fentanyl, any stimulant is saving that person's life.
1: Yeah. And cocaine isn't long-acting enough or, you know, it. it it's just it's no, not I've, long-acting enough.
0: I've been getting a lot of – I still have this website called Rehab Bob or something, and I still get the emails – um, <laughs> it's all meth and fentanyl together. That's the drug. That's the Belushi drug of choice right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad to see it. Way better than Xanax and Xanny and fentanyl and heroin. You know what I mean? Way better. If you yeah. okay, Chuck, would you prefer your child be on Xanax and fentanyl or meth and fentanyl? I see what you're talking about
2: here because it says methadone is is only has one ingredient, methadone hydrochloride, hydrochloride and Suboxone yeah, look is, at a all, comi- yeah, is a yeah. combination of two medications: buprenorphine Buprenorphin Buprenorphin and, Buprenorphin. and naloxone. Naloxone
1: so is, is 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 the one that keeps you from getting high. Yeah. Okay. That's what yeah. that's naloxone is um, your but uh, also, lifesaver.
0: But also. And I've taken both and Mike has taken both. So I can tell you, you take 80 milligrams of methadone, you're going to be fucked up for like five hours. You take, you know, the equivalent in suboxone, you're not going to feel anything.
1: No, that's what I've heard is that it's only it only affects you up to a point like the people because I've seen people come in on like 32 milligrams. And, they're, and everybody around them is going, dude, anything after
2: like 24 is just stupid. You are going to trip on this. It says uh, that the CDC recommends methadone as the preferred choice to get off of an uh, opiate addiction. Wow. Treatment that uses methadone for opioid addiction recovery is the safest, most effective form of treatment currently
0: over Suboxone. I'm telling you, the winds winds of change are blowing, brother. How long did it take? How long did it take,
1: man? How long does this
0: experiment take? Taken well, I started taking Suboxone in 1989, I would believe. Wow. Um. And I took I was it was like when it was first invented. It was still illegal. <laughs> it's actually, buprenorphine is a, it was used in England by midwives for birthings. That right? makes sense. Right? Just, just so, like
1: fentanyl for surgeries. It makes sense in certain yeah. settings.
0: Yeah. So it came over here, Dr. Howard Mark. Remember Mike, Dr. Mark? Yes. Dr. Mark had a clinic out in the valley on Ventura Boulevard. And Chuck, you would go there and you would see the rock stars of today and of tomorrow, all in the lobby of a doctor's office on Ventura Boulevard and all waiting to get these ginseng bottle-looking ampules in these boxes. And he was the greatest guy. And he really believed in it. He was a trailblazer. He really believed in it. He would sit and talk with you for a while, like, you know, Bob, you you really should try to... He, he had that thing. He had old, like, junkie philosophy. I needed to change my playground or whatever. Remember that term? What do they say? Change
1: playgrounds and playmates.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He <laughs> oh, said that one. to me. He said that to me. He said, you know, this is only going to work if you change playgrounds and playmates or whatever. And I was wow, like, what the fuck good. is this guy talking about? I gave you the money. And then at the end, you could say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at the end you could and he would put these ampule boxes in you know you could buy how many were in there was 10 in each 10 in each box and you could buy like 5 of them and then if you said you are having trouble sleeping he would just throw you know, by themselves no no pill bottle. He just throw some uh, uh volume inside the brown paper bag with your stuff. So like how many do you need? I don't know, like 10 or 20. And he would just so, throw 20 so, Valium inside the bag. Wow. <laughs> yeah, here, here you go. Mix these two. So so you knew it was kind of legitimate up until that point when he would just <laughs> when I caught on. I and some musician told me a Stephen Adler said, at the end when you see dr mark tell him that you can't sleep and i was like okay <laughs> you know junkies that's how the junkie communication used to work right like, yep. you like you get the you didn't have to read it on the internet steven adler told me <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> word of mouth it's called
0: word of mouth yeah it's right at the end you gotta you gotta listen to his lecture about the playground and the play people and the one time he talked to my he asked, he asked, um, cause he knows he knew he was like your doctor. He was like your addiction doctor. And he one time asked me is, um, if he could speak to my girlfriend and I was like, okay. why do you want, she's not, she's, she's not into this shit at all. And he was like, yes, I would like to speak to her. So she came with me and he talked to her, uh, and he asked me to leave the room. I thought that was rude. Chuck, don't you think? Mm. And then all the way home, I'm like, what did he talk to you about? And she, uh, she said, well, you know, if you're going to choose to stick on this stuff, you can't do heroin. I was like, well, that's his business. That's not his business. Don't be listening mm. to that guy. <laughs> like, what he, are you? He, he's uh, buttoning into my personal business. Well, he Chuck. really
1: thought he was helping you.
0: Because I didn't change my playground. How can if you're in a band with Mike Mart, how do you change your playground and playmates? How do you fucking do that? <laughs> you know? If, if you're on stage with Mike Mart, Xander Schloss, Martine Lenoble, and Pete Weiss, how can you change your playground? And there's a bit of a competition on who's the highest.
2: <laughs> you, you do you do a solo record, Bob? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. That worked out well. That was crazy. Dude. Good one, Jack what becomes of the broken hearted oh my god that was horrible now part? no i might have been bad on it but when anthony comes in and raps the man who sings that he's running away i heard him come back just the other day he said peace of mind is not so hard to find yes love comes and yes love goes this my friend everyone knows that was a masterpiece that's a masterpiece. Has <laughs> that
2: ever gone out anywhere? That is
0: got. I want to put it out as a 12 inch single, like a, just an <laughs> extended like old sugar Extend- hair
2: Gang
1: type of, <laughs> yeah. you know. Get in, get in, find somebody to let you remaster and do some stuff, and to put that <laughs> out somewhere, man. Is Anthony? I his, got it.
0: Anthony yeah. probably put it, would
2: put it in your TV show. Would not show. like that very good. No, Anthony.
0: The, uh, Anthony and I have been joking about it. It's just like, and he he says, "I made him do it." Like no one makes Anthony Kiedis do anything. I can tell you that. (laughs) He willingly is that what he he said? (laughs) I made him do it. (laughs) But it was just you sick me a Mickey Bob. (laughs) Like in nineteen ninety, nobody knew what the hell was going on. We all been broke for so fucking long. Like I mean, think (laughs) about it, Chuck. You don't understand. Like I was on the cover of like bam magazine and the cover of the la times and the cover of the village voice and i was four months behind in my rent like how and you're just thinking how the fuck can this be happening and then all of a sudden the record company comes along and goes hey we can solve this problem for you if you just sign right here and pay us the, you know pay us back out of your pennies right and then they Mm. decide then they decide they can't get you played on the radio and then they drop you and then you owe them all this money and you owe the IRS all this money. It was just it just was horrible that system. <laughs> yeah. You remember, Bob, you remember the college alternative
2: radio, right? Where all the record companies would sign these horrible bands, like your solo album. And then, <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. and then and then they would throw them against the wall to see if they stick and if they would sell on college radio alternative then they could probably market them See to Chuck's too
0: uh, Chuck's too young to understand everybody did cover songs to go, try to get played on the radio Chuck exactly. no,
2: Yeah a- everybody it was a formula did. it was a formula van halen did it to break with uh, everybody did Girl David Yearly Bowie got me it, it. Rugs. Yeah, the Music the, did it. Van
0: a- so let's Everybody go to the did. people who did Going it. Going all the way Van back. Alan did it with You Really Got Rolling me. Stones? What, are the Rolling Stones? No, they didn't No, they
2: did not. No, they <laughs> just played no, good music. Way it was back. with
0: the intention of taking a great song and having a modern band cover it. I remember, um, and actually, usually that was the better song of the band's album. Actually. Yeah. So Chili Peppers <laughs> Do with Higher, <Chili> higher with. Higher Ground. Fishbone did it with Freddy's Dead. Great version of Freddy's Dead. Not really radio airplay friendly song, I don't think. Um, (laughs) uh, What is this? Our great friend Jack Irons, band did I'll Be Around. Alan Johannes is the singer. Great version of that Motown song, I'll Be Around. I'll be around. Right? And then um, Chili Peppers did If You Want Me To Stay, if you remember before they did Higher Ground. Boney's Sponsor did uh, Tracy Chapman, whatever that song is called for my lover. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Guns and roses did a bunch of cover songs right they yeah, did but, yeah. mama kin mama kin by aeros well yeah that
1: that live like a suicide record yeah, was, but they I were think doing was all
0: song in their set before appetite for destruction they were oh, doing no. mama
1: kin the original live like a suicide came and out you before would go see appetite. guns and
0: roses at the scream and mama kin was the best song <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and then and so everybody did it i'm oh, trying to think Perry's of Harry's band
1: did who, did did a whole a whole group of them? They did. Oh, yeah. Woman, rock they and did...
0: roll, rock and roll. No, rock and roll's on their first album, the Lou Reed song, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Then, then, that then, fine music was saved by rock and roll, mm-hmm. by rock and roll. Right. Um, yeah. So everybody did cover songs, and yeah. the only I, I think a major intention of it wasn't like we're enlightening people. It was like this is probably our songs. You know, when you listen to modern. When you listen to the radio, it's just shit like White Snake and fucking Survivor and just horrible, horrible shit. <laughs> Night Ranger. <laughs> Night Ranger. Remember that band? <laughs> yeah. The Snake
1: Ranger. Just like
0: those, those big ballads and everything. And so we're a bunch of bands like, there's no way we're going to get played on the radio. And then a cover song was like this pot. Maybe if you did a song hey. like a cover song. You
2: know what? X did the Doors song.
0: Yes, they did. Oh, so the unheard engines, music. The unheard that's, music.
2: That's crazy. Right?
0: And I'm trying to think. Like every band did cover songs. Don't yes. the Germs do a cover song? <laughs> no, the
2: Germs they, never they, fell into that they, category. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they did. They, they yes did. They did. Uh, they, do. They, they did. did round Sugar and round. Sugar. Uh, they did round They, they and did round. Archie songs, they too. Oh uh, Yeah, well, they did round they, and round. They did, uh yeah, okay, <laughs> I guess whatever. They did round and, and circle round. Circle Jerks did put a little love the in jerks. your heart. I don't think they did that to get Radio Airplay. I think they just did it to How be How about stupid. the fact,
0: wait a minute, Circle Jerks, Wild in the Streets is a cover song. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and put a little love in your heart. Put a little love in your
0: heart. They did uh, yeah. that, too. So And like, so, and, uh, so. All, all the bands of the mid 80s you that's what you did you had a couple hey, songs the that- new drivers the new drivers did rio her name is
2: Rio, and She dances <laughs> on the sand. Who did that? Well, the Nip Drivers. You remember that? That was a oh, great yeah, version. Yeah. I don't even think what? you can say oh, that Oh, you
0: anymore. can even hey, here's the thing. Yeah, you can't. How about names Turn of bands? How about that? Names of bands you can't say anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> so
2: so still under your ears, you young my, children. can my, you say <laughs> anal cunt anymore?
0: No, was that, I, there was a there was a band called the Negro. Problem that Stu had.
2: Yeah. Um, it's that so was terrible. a great <laughs> and we had a friend that was half Negro.
0: <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't say that anymore. So that we just we did. did no, so it's gonna happen. <laughs> so so um, but getting back to the, even the punk rockers doing cover songs, Gang Green did Voices Carry. Remember that song by Till yeah. Tuesday? Yeah, uh, Gang Amy Green. Yeah. The only reason anybody heard of Gang Green is because of Voices Carry. Then another punk rock band, Lemonheads, out of Boston, same area, same record label, Tang Records, did Luca.
1: My and they did Miss Robinson. And
0: they did Mrs. Robinson. So don't be putting me down for doing no. what becomes of the brokenhearted. You know, you know,
1: you know what broke Marilyn Manson
0: was covering Sweet Dreams are made of this. Right, right. So cover songs have been a thing of trying to get you know, some What are some that more bands say,
2: what are some more band names that we can't say? I like this whole that whole thing. <laughs> <say all> the <laughs> I'm sure there's that a we website. Millions of, to it. <laughs>
0: millions of dead cops. Oh, dead yeah. Kennedy, oh, Dead Kennedys. I mean, okay. everybody is so sensitive. Like, you know, when the Dead Kennedys came out, I was like. Like that's a rad name. That's it was. It was rough, but it was funny to me because I'm not a Kennedy. But Ted Kennedy was still alive, though. It was just Bobby and John Kennedy that were dead. So anyway,
2: like the Dixie Chicks had to change their name.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so did Lady Antebellum. Lady Antebellum had to change their name to Lady A. Mm -hmm. Uh. We are living in some fucking maddening times. But let me tell you the all-time great name. I dare anyone to say the real name of the band N.W.A. You can't even... <laughs> that, was, that was the name of the band. I don't think I want to
2: tackle that one even. That was the
0: name of their band.
2: <laughs>
1: They're the one. Yeah that's just that's that's looking for a fight the, you, know, you know it's <laughs> no, funny there are a bunch
0: of bands and names that you can't say anymore <laughs> right
1: yeah. we were we were i was doing a group on triggers and i said we can't call them triggers anymore they're trig us triggers <laughs> it'll be triggers from here on out any you fools come at me with a hard r there's gonna be a problem and
0: triggers <laughs> 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 triggers trig- 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 Tri- triggers <laughs> oh you know what another thing came up i have been not doing assessments but i talk to people who do assessments right at work and uh the motivation right that that mm-hmm. used to be a real key to like admission to treatment that i think mm-hmm. they just dropped that completely haven't they motivation N- no motivation. there's motivation for recovery
1: there's 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 a question of reason for seeking treatment now and the prompts are legal issues homelessness family problems money problems and then there's also there used to be just where's your motivation for treatment on a one to ten now there's also a fill in we need a sentence please tell me and they go okay i'm very motivated ten of ten the reason i'm here (laughs) i want to get and stay sober i want to maintain long-term sobriety
0: i never had the one to ten scale except for the pain scale So when the pain scale got introduced, by the way, for those of you at home that aren't keeping track, the pain scale had to be instituted as the fifth vital sign in order for the Purdue Pharmaceutical to jam this death down America's throats. So every insurance company, every doctor's association, nurse's association that went along with the pain scale no longer exists, but they went along with it. You literally had to ask a patient, a drug addict who's drug-seeking, when they'd say, yeah, my shoulder hurts. And you'd say, okay, patient's reporting pain on a scale of one to 10. And oh, that, one, How bad does it get? Yeah. Uh, it uh, like, and they would always say like, I don't know, like an eight. And I would say, well, <laughs> if a yeah. 10 is an amputated limb or passing of a gallbladder uh, uh, stone, kidney stone through your penis, um well then like what? a
1: nine dude
0: <laughs> <And> then, okay because <laughs> <laughs> I, like, okay. I was trying to get them to go down in a more reasonable zone and mm-hmm. they would say oh, okay like i don't know like a seven, <laughs>
1: like a seven. yeah, yeah. Uh, drop it that's like a because- throbbing
0: and uh, a uh, migraine headache like a piercing nail through your eye it would be like a seven oh uh, yeah it's like it's like that like i'm really i can't Literally, move my exactly shoulder what i'm
2: feeling yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't know so, bro <laughs> so
0: every time anytime drug addicts are asked Is it one to ten it ain't gonna be one i can no, guarantee no. You that
1: i like when they say nine because they know not to go to ten. One to ten it's like nine like maybe between nine and ten not a total ten i know but like, <laughs> so like you, a little bit nine plus
0: Do you ask the pain scale again, still?
1: Um, We have to do a, um, uh, there's the medical screening, and then then we refer to the nurse for. um,
0: I thought they got rid of the pain scale.
1: Well, no, it's it's in there as part of when they're coming into treatment, it has to do with physical pain, uh, like from other things. Like I, I get, we get a lot of people that have had been involved in car accidents or like falling off roofs or things or things we like we had
0: what? a trick we had a trick with the people that would say they're eight or nine drew would look at the nurse and then get the. the she would go get the blood pressure thing and then start taking blood pressure like it's a separate thing going on mm-hmm. and then i me and drew because of the guy like you sure it's like an eight and drew would say your blood pressure is 120 over 80 it can't be an eight if you are an eight <laughs> your blood pressure would be through the roof. You can at 150 over 100. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. too bad that somebody
2: didn't come up with some kind of thing where you could put your fingers in like a screws or the thing or something and screw Oh, yeah, it that's it. Okay, okay that's so should eight. it feel like <laughs> this? Does this it feel like this? Yeah. <laughs> now, this is eight. Now this be- is
0: ten. That's a Mike Mark solution. Okay, I so, bet you anything so, uh,
2: they would stop you it. Could do it. You <laughs> could do it with electrical current,
1: like those, those funhouse things, but just a little bit more, just a little bit more of a kick. No, yeah,
0: I and- like the screwing idea. So you put like the temperature thing <laughs> All on five your finger, of the tips of your but finger. it's got a screw. So I'm going to push this button, and this is going to be a one. So that's yeah. a one. Oh, yeah, my shoulder's like – so I'm going to keep pushing – until and we tell we me when you pain. stop hearing, feeling the pain in your shoulder. <laughs> when it's as bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: When the finger hurts more than the shoulder, you let, <laughs> yeah. me, know. Yeah. You let me know. And
0: that's how we determine this. <laughs> yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> really, a, a subjective, quantifiable way of determining. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at five, when that thing is just squeezing down on their finger, they're like, yeah, that, okay, yeah, I'm cool. I'm a five. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh okay so a one
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know i never so the other thing about it i never get mad when drug addicts lie to me I, and so many of the new clinical world crew that don't that aren't addicts they get so upset and they run around like you know they're lying they are. and <laughs> they feel of course like, they are I said, remember, remember when they admitted like three weeks ago and I was grinding them as being a whiner complainer that was to set up that this wouldn't happen. And you were all like, "Oh, you know, they just got here, Bob. I don't know why you're so harsh with them, <laughs> like, dude. If you're not harsh in the beginning, they're gonna walk all over you. You gotta exactly. set the
1: stage, man. You gotta yeah. set the
0: stage. This is <laughs> dude, what we're gonna they get be expecting." So mad, but uh, you know, uh, the reason I think about it because uh, you know, Mike mentioned a friend of ours that had really upset my staff a lot because he was lying, and I was like. It's I've known the guy for 35 years. That's what he does. That's what junkies do. <laughs> they lie. He said 35 years. I practice. was in the staff meeting <laughs> and they were just so upset with this friend of ours. And I was just like, he's my friend at A. So. He's a liar just to begin with. He's right. <laughs> got
2: experience lying than you have years living.
0: Second <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> strike. Been, and I tried to go into it. He's been lying since he was 13 years old. <laughs> 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 Longer than you've been alive. Longer than your mom's been alive. <laughs> he, he, he's,
1: his grandma's died 16 times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then we had this guy we had this guy years ago it turned out to he finally did get sober and his mom was so thankful and whatever but uh he came in and he he looked really young he looked like he was like 24 but he looked like he was like 16 and he said he was uh suffering from ptsd from a tour in iraq and so at that at this time like 2004 2005 That set off all kinds of alarms in the hospital where he had a PTSD Mm. former soldier. So then they had to be assessed. And all these people for the next few days are coming meeting with him. He has to be assigned a special psychiatrist that deals with the, the, uh, I forget what the name of the insurance company that is Veterans. Um, And so... And I keep just looking at the kid and I got him in group and I'm just like, and he's sticking with that. The more they're, the more they're asking him (laughs) questions, the more he's like, yeah, I saw my best friend's face got shot off right in front of me. And I was like, are they really shooting in Iraq? I thought they were just like blowing shit up from way far away.
2: (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, that makes
0: you look like like
1: the cynical dick, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) No, but he was acting like it's a deer hunter. Like it wasn't jungle warfare, right? Right. It was like shit, you uh, know, telling identifying targets and they come blasting in and the way yeah, the injuries do they
2: had some hand to hand going to those mud houses combat shit going on though.
0: Yeah, they did. I don't yeah, know. About they did, Most dude. of the injuries were from Come on, from, you can't
2: discount that. They've No. They- they don't give a shit I'm, about those. And now you're acting you're.
0: like some fucking Patriot guy waving a flag. All I'm saying is oh, most bullshit. of the death and most of the injury was from UEDs or IEDs. IEDs. or Improvised IEDs. explosive yeah. devices. Yeah, that was, they, were, they weren't going back and forth except for infantry people way forward. But the general, anyways, so he said this thing about his friend's face getting shot off right next to him. And I said, where was it? And he was kind of, he's like. Well, I mean, it was where near our base, right? And I was like, near your base? Were you walking around? Or were you in a truck? Were you in a Humvee? What were you in? Were you in a helicopter? (laughs) Uh, He was like, and I knew, and I knew. I go, dude, you never served in Iraq, did you? And he goes, Uh... what do I fucking do now? Because, you know, you guys are the ones that that have gotten this so serious. He tried to blame us yeah like, dude, dude, you li- you lied, you lied it's okay and i wasn't upset oh my god when the rest of the hospital staff realized this kid had duped them they were so fucking angry well, and i was like lucky, look at he, him
1: he's lucky there wasn't a real veteran there <laughs> oh <my laughs> that's my. the end of that shit i've seen that go sideways when people said they were holding signs that said they were vets and I've seen the way real vets react to that, and it is it is less than kind. It is unkind. Right. <laughs> I had one guy like like your guy like a long time ago who this is like got, in, yeah this he, is like in
0: 2014.
1: He got he got called on his shit.
0: 2004. He, Wait, 2004. So no, right after no. the war started.
1: Uh, this this guy when when he got called on it in front of people he he acted like he went into a like he went into a flashback sequence and yeah, went yeah, on the yeah, ground yeah, and started yeah. doing N
2: K D A <laughs> sir N K D A <laughs> sir NKDA,
1: That's sir what I do. And,
2: yeah. Yeah, and I'm like
0: going man you gotta, and I'm like, you gotta and love I drug addicts and on the ground and
2: start shaking
0: yeah and N K D A <laughs> sir I need some like drugs. Supposedly
1: injured. And he was telling the medics that there were no known drug allergies, sir. And it was just like, and everybody's like kind of looking at him like, fuck are you doing, dude? Get up. This, You just made it worse. The only but thing he, that fixes it is an opiate.
2: <laughs> Give me one. <laughs> it, was,
1: it was horrible. and I, I, It's just like, this guy doesn't stand a chance. Oh my god. But so, of course, you got to find a way to transfer them out, and to tell them, you know what, man, you got to be honest with the people next time. Don't do this. You don't need to be a veteran. You don't. Yeah, need why? To be- did,
0: but why? I asked. He didn't know why. He didn't right. really know why he said it. And I believe that. I believe junkies just lie, and they just don't even know. Like I don't <laughs> know what I was thinking.
2: Yeah, I, I know. you know what I mean. Like it's it, like the then, consequences are then, not in the equation. <laughs>
0: you thought he's just telling a doc dr drew and i yeah. you know some whatever right <laughs> he doesn't know that a whole system is in place that is going to be now identifying him as a iraqi ptsd <laughs> and the people from all over the hospital and he's going to be he's going to have all this attention and he's gonna have to come up with a better story than yeah I was in Iraq.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was in this place. And we were real close to our base. It was our <laughs> base, oh, man. <laughs> we,
0: we, we were just you right. know. And I've never been in the army, but I know just the way he. I said where did where did your friend get shot? Where were you guys? And he's like man. near near our base. And oh, uh, I was like, no. were you in a fire? No, let's narrow it down. Yeah, <laughs> let's narrow it down. <laughs> we're exactly where <laughs> we're, those guys where were know.
1: You? Those guys know the real, the veterans know
2: exactly where they Well, I saw a movie that I was in.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But, but I'm trying to make a point about this kid got sober on that treatment and he was sober for years and his mother was a judge and she was so embarrassed. She was apologizing. I don't know where he gets this stuff from. And I go, no problem. Like I, you know, the, we live in La La Land. We live in Fantasy Land. Like it doesn't. It didn't bother me, but boy, it bothered the non psych psych people. It bothered them. They wanted to label him all kinds of things, like a sociopath and like criminal. Yeah. And like, <laughs> no, he <laughs>
1: just—he just, he, he was probably when he when he spit that on her. He was probably like, "Fuck, did I say that for?" This <laughs> you know, is one of those things where you're sitting there going, "Oh, you know," and then then this, and I killed this guy. You what? <laughs> Oh, did so, I just say that? Yeah, I, I killed him. I killed him, murdered him to death, man. Yeah, I just killed him <laughs> twice. <laughs> well, now the
0: modern version of that is uh, a gang member, especially like, you know, you know that they, uh, you know, there, there is actually, and I've met kids, kids in Beverly Hills, born and raised in Beverly Hills are in gangs. It's the craziest fucking shit I've ever seen. Like, how does that work? Well, they didn't choose that life; it chose them, Bob. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
1: oh they,
0: my god! They right. they exact, but they exaggerate their involvement. And I wonder, mm-hmm. like, uh, how the gang, like, they get recruited at high school and whatever. And they, they probably start, give they, the
1: guys money not to kick their ass, and then
0: they put them in a gang. Like, and then they're they in probably, a gang. They,
1: they probably they know, go. You- <laughs>
0: yeah, but they got here. tattoos. They got like all that yeah. shit going on, and they got all the lingo down.
1: Maybe we can get one on the show, and they, someone who's uh, who's righted themselves. Only oh, you know,
0: you know what this reminds me of? Tom Hanks' son, who I love, by the way. Did oh. you see uh, Clint Hanks? Is that his name or something? The, the, the
1: white guy, Summer.
0: Yeah, the rapper guy. Yeah, yeah. So he, they asked him in this interview that's on YouTube, and Elvis showed it to me. It's so funny because I really believe this is the way to deal with this shit. They said. Uh, you know, you culturally appropriating, you know, black culture or whatever, it's this black interviewer asks, you, you know, aren't you, don't you feel like you owe an apology for appropriating black, what is it called when you appropriate culture or whatever, cultural. That's
1: that's exactly it, cultural, cultural appropriation. appropriation. You yeah. said it correctly. So
0: they confront, black female journalists confronts him about that. And he, they, she says, don't you think you owe the black community an apology? And he, he just looks at the camera and he goes, no. <laughs> and, no way. and they're waiting they're waiting hey. for him to apologize or do a follow-up and he just sits there and says no no." wait is, I thought this was a melting pot that's what he should have said <laughs> this is a melting pot no that's when you open we, up a can of worms and you get canceled <laughs> they just posed him the question and he just said no and then he just sit <laughs> <in> there silent <laughs> 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 I think. Mean, I think if Louis C.K. took that tact, he'd still be on television.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor
0: Louis. <laughs> you know, okay, so, oh, Louis C.K., he's got like, uh, yeah. to do concerts in the middle of the night. Have you seen that? I think no. he probably played in Long Beach, didn't he, Mike? He played I, all these alternative venues recently.
2: No, I, we haven't had him
0: down there yet, no. He played at the Oxnard Performing Arts Center. <laughs> okay wow.
2: <laughs> that's right hardcore like, you, did, is is this I, like a just, management uh, uh, deal uh, is this like uh something that he has to do or what what's I, think,
0: I think he wants to get out there no mainstream he can't work for live nation or ag or any traditional right. venues so, I mean, he, all he does, so he's so ridiculous he's doing he's doing these alternative venues and i i meant to go and then i forgot it was like a weekday in Oxnard a couple a month couple months ago a month ago I, I was, was gonna he,
1: go you brought it up last time that people are doing jokes about him. Once people do jokes about you, it normalizes it, and you're back in. It worked for Pee Wee Herman with his uh,
0: whole porno thing. Uh, some yeah, people it, started making jokes. Pee Wee Herman was
2: masturbating it, in a porno theater. I don't. Yeah. Get it. I don't understand said, why people are so judgmental. I mean, so so what? You know? Did he get can Did his show get canceled over that? It, yeah. it was a
1: it was a big deal.
2: There was, was a real backlash. He was
1: arrested. I think it was Van Halen at something. Said
2: (laughs) Mike loves that. Hold
0: on, Chuck. Let him say it again. What was he arrested for, Mike? He was
2: arrested for masturbating in public. (laughs) (laughs) He did like that. I like the way he said "in public." (laughs) That's funny though, isn't it? I was arrested for peeing in public.
0: I was too. I was indecent exposure, and then uh, it was dropped for. They give you an indecent exposure. So Chuck, Well, now let me you would have been
1: a sexual offender and you would have had to playing, register for that.
0: Jesus we're Christ. playing at Redlands College, University of California at, Sam, at Redlands or something. And we're playing in some place. I can't really remember. But for some reason, there was no bathroom. We didn't have a dressing room. I think they walked us from this other part of the university to go play at this other thing. And I had to pee and bad and we were playing so i ran off the stage and i ran out the back door and i just started peeing outside in the lawn area there was nobody out there and then i went back running inside and i played and then after the show the, the 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 college police came and they arrested me and they took me to their little college area thing where they filed this thing against me. And then I got to go like a couple hours later. I didn't even get brought to San Bernardino jail. They just did it at the college. And I was charged with indecent exposure. Now, Chuck, there well, was they char- nobody they out char- there. They, char- they there charged was you with urinating there. in public, with urinating in public also. No, they charged me with indecent exposure. So then I used to have to drive out there in that old station wagon that I had when I lived at Lolly or lived in Hollywood. I had this old big LTD station wagon, which took like five dollars worth of gas to get out these court appearances. And the second court appearance they just dropped it for lack of evidence. And I got this paperwork that says I'm charged with indecent exposure. And then it was dropped because of lack of <laughs> evidence. <But> my <laughs> penis is so small. That <laughs> there was no evidence. There, there was no evidence of an indecent exposure. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 All right. See yeah, you guys yeah, later. Good, good, good night.